movies in 4K. Welcome to episode number 10. I am one of your hosts, Bill Shetty. And I am Lady Phantom. The other host. The other host. You never say that anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I will say it for your benefit every time now. Then I'm not going to want you to say it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So if you haven't subscribed yet, get over to Apple Podcasts and all the other eight ways that you can subscribe. All of them. At the bottom of BillShetty.com. Just click that link. Whatever app or program you use, we are there. And don't forget to leave a comment on the guest book. Yes. And please know that we respond to every single comment. We are not going to just leave you hanging there with your comment in the limbo of podcasting. No, we are going to respond. Absolutely. And we thank everybody who has already commented over there. Appreciate it. We got some rolling dialogue going, a lot of suggestions that we're looking into. So thank you all for that. Yes, it's very exciting to see when there are new comments. It's cool. Yeah, it is. Because we do get back to you pretty quick whenever we see them. It might go long six hours or something if we're sleeping or something. But we do respond right away. So still keep that coming. Get those five-star reviews out. But we got a special guest this episode, family. Yay, today is guest day. And I cannot wait to talk to this guy because he is a filmmaker. He's shot some shorts. We've checked them out. And he is from Utah. I won't say exactly where, but Mac Robbins. Welcome to the show, Mac. Thank you guys so much. I, d- I hadn't realized that uh, you guys had watched some of the short films. Yeah. I appreciate oh, that. Oh, we got to do our research. <laughs> <laughs> so That's why don't awful. you let our listeners know, Mac, like a little bit of background on you, what you have done in the filmmaking world and what's your ambitions? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, when... When I was a kid, I always wanted to be an actor, mostly because I think that's just like who you see in the movie. You don't really realize how much is going on behind the the scenes. And actually, before I could even drive, I remember begging my parents to take me to this. Uh, there's a pretty uh, high scale modeling and acting agency here in Salt Lake City, and I was like, I gotta go. It's super expensive. My parents somehow I somehow I convinced my parents to take me there, but um, I was awful. <laughs> oh. And, And so I kind of didn't really think about it that much after that for a while. Um, But when I got into college, I was realizing that I didn't really fit my major. I was a linguist and I didn't really feel like anyone around me was my friend or anything like that. I was just kind of an outcast. And then as soon as I switched over to the film program, I was like, these are my people. Like day one, I was like, this is where I belong. And so I just slowly realized that I, I do so much better behind the camera and my ambition is to eventually do feature films. I'd love to do that. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, right now I'm just doing short films when I can, artistic ones. I do work, you know, for a living I am a filmmaker, but I do a lot of commercial work. Oh, um, okay. So vi- videos that end up on websites and things like that is, is what I'm working on currently. So. That's a little bit about me. And, oh, I forgot one of the big, most important things is I'm a huge fan of movies in 4K and I'm oh. a listener. Oh. <laughs> Good. <laughs> That's awesome, Mac. Yeah, so I just got a few questions here for you. Yeah. We've been having trouble. Well, not trouble, I wouldn't say. As you know, we're in a niche in this 4K media. So I want you to tell our listeners, why is this such a valuable asset, these 4K films, in your opinion? Yeah, I was, you know, one one video that I was kind of working on and and still am kind of hoping to get out eventually is I, I was comparing the, I was putting in DVDs and Blu-rays and 4K discs and kind of comparing them. And I thought I would have to draw in post-production like a big old fat white line in between the Blu-ray side and the 4K side so you could see the difference. Mm-hmm. But what was amazing is I didn't even have to do that. And and I sent you guys some of those stills from yes. that video where yeah. the color is a huge thing that people don't realize. There's so much more depth of color in the 4K. It's not just about, well, it's four times as big, you know. Right. But it it just carries so much depth. One thing I want to tell listeners or remind listeners who may not realize is some people, you know, dragged their feet when they had to go to VHS to DVD because 
all their movies Correct. now don't play on their DVD player. But what's awesome about your 4K player and your 4K TV is, you know, I'm I'm a movie collector and I've got hundreds of movies and I have a handful of VHSs, but most of my films are DVDs and then I've got some Blu-rays and now I've got some 4Ks and you can put all those into that same player. People should spend the extra money to get a 4K player because you're not going to lose out on anything uh, with switching over. You're only going to be able to play 4K discs, which look awesome. And there was another compare one I did where I, I bought Oblivion. And when I did the Blu-rays to that, I realized that the skin tones, um, you know, just people's, the way their skin looks, yes, it's that's a just thing. so much more yeah, lifelike and yes exactly and so it's really cool and the other thing that people may not realize is people say that film 35 millimeter is kind of equivalent to 6k it's kind of a hard to compare and contrast that but film in the 80s and the, the 90s is was so well developed over you know the almost 100 years of filmmaking up until that point that there was so much dynamic range in the film itself that we can actually take a film like Jaws and release it in 4K, and it's not just like an upscale or something like that. If they really scan that thing well, right. then it looks amazing. Like you guys talking about 2001 A Space Odyssey. Oh, How's man. that possible? Oh, yes. Have you seen that one, Mac? That one is – I've seen the film itself before just on DVD, but after listening to your guys' episode, yes, it, I ordered it. Yeah. Okay, good, man. Yeah, that is Yeah, that unbelievable. is unbelievable so much so yeah and the jaws was one of the ones too that uh, the other thing that i like about the 4k discs is you know as a collector i was actually kind of bummed when they came out with the blu-ray case because it is kind of cool how it's a little bit smaller but i hated how it had this big blue ribbon at the top this neon nasty looking blue <laughs> because each movie has its own kind of color scheme and on a DVD case where it's just black in the background, then the colors of the poster art and the, the case really stand out. But with that blue, it just kind of clashed, you know. So I'm right. glad that with the new 4K cases, they're back to black. And I'm super excited about that. And if you can, I like to get those steel cases. That's what I just got recently was the Jaws steel case. Yeah, so, so we did too. The wife got it for me. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I had so. to because that's one of my favorite horror films of all time so she well, got that for, we haven't watched it yet because we got a guest coming on to review that with us down the road here yeah well i was telling my wife it's the perfect fourth of july movie so yes, we'll it is. watch it on the fourth so <laughs> absolutely and i'm going to show my age here um you know you missed one format which was laser disc mac <laughs> yeah i had a bunch of them back in the day too <laughs> yeah and i i actually worked in college i worked at the the media center where I was uh, going to school and they had, I remember being introduced to Laserdisc and I was just thinking like, man, why haven't I heard of this? And it was, you know, I believe they're pretty short lived. Is that? Yeah. True? Yes. I don't blame you, Mac, because I mean, I remember also when, when Laserdiscs were a thing and well, number one, they were really expensive. So I never got one or a player or anything, but they lasted a very short time. So yeah, right. I mean, I wouldn't blame I you. You know, I was too curious, so I had to go watch something on, in, you know, in the media center with, on that laser disc. And it was so funny because if your movie is like about two hours, you've got to flip the laser disc yes. over. Yes, but then <laughs> so, later on, Sony did where it'd flip automatically. I mean, the disc oh, didn't really? flip, but their cartridge went around underneath it, so you didn't have to get up and flip the disc. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> oh, that must have been like. But Laserdisc was the first digital format, and yes, DVD overtook it right away. And that mm -hmm. was one of the main awesome. things, because you could only get like 40 minutes on a disc, but the sound was incredible on Laserdisc at the time compared to VHS, and that was really monumental, because I'm a big sound guy. So, Mac, I understood that you was working on a video about what you were talking about to show people? Are you still working on that so people can get some sort of idea? I know it'd be hard if they don't have a 4K TV. Is that something you're working on? Yeah, I. and the reason I, I, I was going to try to get it out by the time I came onto your show because I thought it'd be cool to you know have people check it out. But I realized one of the problems I had was, my, now my 4K TV is pretty decent. In fact, 
my wife, who's not really a film person, um, we were, I was, I was thinking I was going to have to do a lot of convincing to, Oh, please do 4k instead of the 1080p. <laughs> right. But we walked into target and I didn't even say anything. She just walked up and she said, is that the 4k one? And that's the 1081. And I was like, yep. And she's like, that one looks way better. And I was like, Oh, yep. that was easy. There you go. <laughs> but, but the only, the only problem is mine is still pretty small and it's, I mean, it's, it's on the cheaper side. And so it, even though you can see the difference I, I wanted to, because what I'm doing is is actually pointing a camera at the TV because I wanted to kind of show you what you're seeing, kind of in your living room. Right, is, is was the idea. So I still may come out with it later. And the other problem with it was, I, I really do love storytelling cinema. So I love the idea of creating a short film, but I, I kind of drag my feet when it comes to like just a YouTube video that I can throw up. <laughs> 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 for whatever reason. I. Uh, I'm not as excited, but I think it would be cool to, for people to realize that there is such a huge difference. Yes, because it, it, it's, it's hard not. to explain to some mm -hmm. people, you know, they might not be looking at the movie the same way. And some people really don't care. I've come to find out they're like, oh, this is good enough. Blu-ray is clear enough. Right. <laughs> but when you see them side by side or pop one disc in and then the another and just see the richness and the clarity and the vibrancy and it's all about hdr mac yes. that is an incredible feature because i don't even know if 4k would be around today if it wasn't for hdr because when the first tv sets came out it was a difference but it wasn't like a mind-blowing difference like right. hdr is well, and I'm glad I'm a listener of you guys because I didn't – I don't know how I missed that aspect of it, but I didn't realize until I was listening to you guys that some discs have it and some discs yes, don't. Yes, and, and that's important. Yeah, don't buy a disc without HDR, and I'm a collector. Phantom's a collector, and we like collecting movies, but you know, if we have to buy the Blu-ray and save $10 because it's not worth it, we will. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. You know what I mean? So, all right, you ready to get into this review? Oh, I'm so excited. All right. So Mac chose 2019's 1917. This movie is listed in two genres, Phantom, drama and war. And what's going to be your percentage on them? Uh, I'm going to go 55 drama and 45 war. Really? Yeah, I'm going to go with the, a, a little higher on the drama here. So this would be in the drama section of a video store. Absolutely. Ooh. I think war movies in general are in the drama section, so <laughs> I don't see how that, that's a difference. That could be true. I'm not sure all video stores have a war section. I remember a couple when I used to go in that did, but you might be right depending on the store. But I'm going 60 war, 40 drama. Okay. It's definitely a drama, but there's a lot of war action, not enough for my taste in a war movie, but how about you, Mac? 100% you got to total that up to. I don't know how to feel about genres, and and so, because I, I saw that too, that it was split up into drama and war, and I was kind of tempted to just put 100% war. <laughs> right. Yeah, you could, really. But, I mean, it's a war uh, movie and that, and through and through. Yeah, if you want to, sure. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll, I'll do it. We'll see what people think All right, 100% <laughs> war. Now, do you think... If Blockbuster was still around, this would be in the war section or a drama section? Well, if there is a war section. Yeah, well, let's say there is. Section is it's got to be in the war section, I would think. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. It would have to, if that section's there. Yeah. But, but it's a straight-up drama, too. And, I mean, you yeah. could even throw action in there, but a war movie implies action usually. Right, yeah. right. So we have that. So I'm ready to get into the movie review but first mac i want to ask why did you pick this specific film oh well when the academy awards were nominating it i was like i i'm just dying to see it and as a filmmaker you know i'm interested in i'm interested in how films are made and, and this isn't the first time a movie has been done like this like i remember did you guys ever see the movie um silent house yeah, La yep. Casa Muda. I've seen the original. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah. yeah we, we saw both. Yeah, there's an American remake too. And and I believe they're both presented in like this one take. And the interesting thing is it's kind of impossible to do an entire movie in one take. I mean, even Rope was, you know, presented in quote unquote one take, but it, it had to hide its cuts. And, and so that's what this movie does as well. 
But anyway, I heard all about it and I really wanted to go see it. And so I even um, took a long lunch from my work and I went over to the movie theater and I sat there just by myself during lunch with my bag of popcorn and I was just so into this movie. You wow, know, you I mean, get a long lunch break back. <laughs> <laughs> not normally. Not normally. Okay. I, I well, I have that. a few words about your lunch choices, young man. <laughs> well, some sometimes my wife and I will joke and we'll say like, hey, do you want to have popcorn for dinner? <laughs> so <laughs> so right yet. when this came out on physical media, you bought it because you were that excited with it? I, well, I'm actually kicking myself because when it came out, uh, it, they had a steel case version. Best Buy did. And it's and gone. Before yeah, before I could even get over there, it was gone. And and from what I can tell, I don't know if it's coming back. I mean, every Best Buy in the country just said, Hey, this is out of stock and there's you know, there's no sign of it coming back. So Yeah, what I heard with Best Buy is that they're pretty much on limited runs and when they're gone, they're gone. They're not gonna be reprinted. Now, I don't know if they find some in some storage place they could come back, but I think they're pretty much gone. That's why they're holding value, the steel books. Yeah. As we found oh, I... out with Jaws, the best mm -hmm. thing is just to pre-order yes. them. Yes, yeah. thank God, because we would not own that steel book right now yeah. if we didn't. <laughs> but all right, let's move this on to our little movie review. All right, Lady Phantom, who directed this film? Sam Mendes. Do you know this guy? I've heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember anything specific he has done. I mean, I'm sure I know, but I don't remember anything specific. All right, and the stars, I knew nobody in this film. I had never seen any actor in this film before. Nobody even looked familiar to me. Well, we basically have, like, the two stars of the movie are Dean Charles Chapman and George McCabe. But there's an array here of people that are actually also famous, such as Colin Firth, for example, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, Richard Madden, Andrew Scott, and others. Very quick roles, though, everybody else. Yes. Yeah, our main people are Dean Charles Chapman and George McKay. All right. What does that synopsis say on the famous IMDb who don't know what they're doing in my opinion? <laughs> <laughs> well, that synopsis says, April 6th, 1917. As a regiment assembles to wage war deep in enemy territory, two soldiers are assigned to race against time and deliver a message that will stop 1,600 men from walking straight into a deadly trap. That's a pretty good description. It is a very good description, yes. There's really not much story in this movie. But, but yeah, that's it. And of course, there is a little subplot that that one of the people that, that is in that regiment is one of these people's brother. Yes, and so. that's how it opens up. You're in the middle of the war in 1917, and he mm -hmm. gets called in, one of the guys, to the general... And he wants them to take this message to another battalion that's about eight, nine miles away. They said the exact mileage. Yeah. Um, and it's his brother's battalion, and he's got a friend with him. Yeah, and it soldier. has to be before the next dawn because they will attack at dawn and they have to stop them. Like, Yes, yeah, so this is two guys going through enemy territory, pretty much. The Germans, this takes place in France. These are British soldiers. And they have trials and tribulations. <laughs> we don't spoil yes. anything on this, Max, so we got to be careful. I mean, there's really not much to say. There's a couple little things you could say that would spoil the movie. But what's your overall thoughts of this, Mac? I I just loved this film. You know, when I when I was watching it in theaters, when it ended, there was just like a reverence. That, that happens to me a lot. I mean, that's why I wanted to get into film is, you know, there's some movies that you watch and it's fine. You go to bed. But every once in a while you see a film like this and it just it just makes you pause. And the, I think the whole idea behind the one take is, I mean, even movies like Children of Men, it's all cut up into pieces for sure but whenever the action strikes it, it does this no you know no break 
one take. And the idea is to kind of make you feel like you're just standing right next to these two guys and you're just living and experiencing moment for moment what they're experiencing. And for me, it really worked. I mean, I was sucked into this film. Um, I was really excited. I feel like a lot of war films that I've seen are World War II movies. And so it was kind of fun for me to be able to go back and see this World War I movie. And from what I understand, the, the story itself, of course, is fiction. But everything that happens in this movie is realistic. I mean, the fact that they did have communications um, at this time, but it was so easy for the enemies to just clip the wire and then they were cut off from the communication between each other. So it was more reliable to send people on foot. And I just, I'm just so into this, this film. The look of this film is awesome. Um, this film is, is, uh, done by Roger Deakins. I'm sure many people know that, but he's a very famous cinematographer. Um, some would say he's the best in the world right now, but I, I personally love him and I just, I couldn't get enough of this movie. I just love the reverence. It seems to carry, I mean, it's graphic. It is rated R. You don't want to have young kids watch it because it is just, it really is kind of like transporting into the year 1917 and walking next to these guys in the middle of the war. You see dead bodies. Uh, I mean, it's, it's devastating. It's gut wrenching. Okay. I want to spend a little time with this. This was so known <laughs> about this one shot filmography. And I know you're going to have a different take than us being a filmmaker, but I enjoyed it in this, but there was times that, for one, there's times where they definitely could have cut. I mean, it was obvious. Knowing the fact that this was supposedly done in one take, it obviously isn't. There's definitely scenes where they stopped, could have stopped, and things like that several but what I noticed is, and it doesn't happen that often, but I noticed times where it seemed out of place, Mac. And I'm curious, as you being a filmmaker, is this gimmicky at all, basically, is what I want to say. There's shots like, I guess you're supposed to be laying down with them, just seeing boots for like three minutes, apparently right. <laughs> what they're seeing. And then there's this water scene when the camera comes swinging around, it looks like the guy's going right into a boulder or a big tree or something. And it was just done weirdly. It didn't look accurate at all. You know, he was actually on the other side of this boulder than on that. And it kind of took me out in certain scenes. And, you know, I, I hate to put a bias on this because everybody knows this was so popularly said. This was so amazing. It's done in one take. Just follow it. So what's your take on that, Mac? Yeah, I know. I know some people were feeling that, that a little bit, you know, because obviously it is it is an interesting choice to say. And, and I mean, in reality, this film is kind of more presented in two takes because it does span two days. And there is a moment where we cut to black and we fast forward, you know, several hours. Right. Um, but did this guy do it just to get, you know, everybody talking about it? And, oh, he's brilliant. Some of these because this is shot so well. I mean, this is a gorgeous yeah. film. The cinematography is off the charts. Mac nailed that. So, yeah. And the, the technique, I mean, it, like I said, it's done in Children of Men in spots. And even Jaws, uh, Steven Spielberg is actually pretty good at doing these like one-shot takes. Yeah, Saving Private Ryan's first shot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that was one shot only. Right, like fifteen <laughs> minutes. So, mm. right, and so it's like the it does what it has to do. But you're right when it comes to the entire length of a movie, is it necessary to kind of keep going? Um, I think it is kind of a way that they they just decided that that's what they wanted to do and they were just going to kind of challenge themselves that way. And, and so, yeah, I mean, I could kind of see it. I, I know for me as a filmmaker, I was thinking a little bit at some points, like, okay, how would I cut here? You know? Right. Um, because, you know, if you, if you kind of pan through a doorway or like you're saying, if he's on the other side of a boulder, then I can cut at that point. But yeah, for me it worked, but I know for some people it, it, it does kind of seem a little bit gimmicky that way, but right. And I, I don't think that's the right word because many of the scenes, like when they're in the trenches and they're running and there's explosions, it's all done so well. It looks cool mm -hmm. in those scenes, Yeah, but it's yeah. just some that grabs you. It's like, why are we looking at boots for three minutes? 
You know what I mean? It's, <laughs> yeah. and, it, and the camera stays low and you're just like seeing dirt and the bottom of a mountain. So it, it is apparent in some movies or in some scenes, I want to say. And it just, I mean, I'm not coming in low on this, but it just seemed a little awkward. And I feel like they did it just to say they could do it. <laughs> Whether how many <laughs> takes this was in, I have no idea. But what's your thoughts, Phantom, on that? Well, I don't, I don't think gimmicky is the right yes, word either. I, I, I agree. That's uh-huh. not the right word. I mean, I understand the, the, the intention, you know, because this is supposed to be intimate. You are supposed to go with these two people on this quest. But why make up your mind in the beginning? Of them? Okay, we're going to try to film this like it, you're following them the whole way through. I, I think that's a thing to be unique. Definitely. Because, yeah, at some point, I mean, the camera work is great. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't want to put it down for a second because instead, like, it's not like you're just following them. Sometimes you are following them. Sometimes you are in front of them. Sometimes you're next to them. It depends on where they are. Mm -hmm. But at some points, it did feel a little forced. Yeah. Like, just to keep the one take aspect, it felt a little tiny bit forced. So I was not exactly a fan of that. Yes. Yes. And see, everybody knows that about this. Maybe if you don't know nothing about this movie and now you're listening to it, you heard it from us. I mean, you got to talk about that aspect in it because it's so notable for this film. And it it goes also with the drama because a thing to consider is the way it begins and ends. Like it begins with these two people sleeping, basically resting under a tree and it finishes with people resting under a tree. So it's like it's a quest that, that begins and ends, not necessarily in the same place, but in the same way. But it's it's just heart-wrenching. It's a full circle. It's heart-wrenching, exactly. How it looks or it could look like the same thing, but at the same time, so many things have changed. So it's, it, it's, it's a very interesting choice. I don't think it was right at every second of the movie but in general it works okay i'd like to talk about some faults Mm -hmm. this is a great movie all three of us agree there's so many amazing things about this movie yeah acting camera work sound cinematography definitely yeah incredible casting too like these guys were really good and it's 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 so such a you know saving private ryan for example you see people of of every age but in this movie it's it's so heart-wrenching and i'm going to say that even again all of them (laughs) were kids and it's like why yes and the costuming it felt so real like you felt like you were there with them incredible costume design yeah absolutely so i'm gonna pick out some faults and reasons that ticked it down for me there's a scene where a plane gets shot down yeah and it's coming at the soldiers and this plane just makes a dead stop from 100 miles an hour i to know this so old, convenient rickety old building and i'm like oh my god like this is so fantastical this movie it's shot so well it's so beautiful it's dark it's bleak it feels like the time and then you get this scene when it's coming down and it's crashing and you don't see nothing break apart it stops i mean they're no further from 10 feet from this thing i know and it manages not to touch them i'm like what yeah like i thought that was so poorly done now it looked great on screen it's a great special effect but I mean, I gotta tick a movie down. I'm a critic, and I mean that is just not accurate at all. And I was upset. How many plane crashes have we seen? Yeah, many. And I don't know why they didn't go into that. Mac, you got an answer? Did that bother you? That scene? It didn't. I think I. I think I was stuck into the story when that when that happened. I was just. But I mean, now that you're saying that, you know, I think. Um, but um, this is a realistic portrayal. So when right, something right, right. is off kilter, oh man, it stuck out like a sore <laughs> thumb to me. But I mean, go if, on. If someone wanted to, I mean, because I think that is true. I think I had a split second thought where I was like, well, that kind of surprised me that it stopped dead in its tracks right there. But I mean, if someone was going to defend it, I mean, these are, you know, these these airplanes that are, they're not heavy duty airplanes. No, you know? they're little these biplanes. Are, 
Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you may be able to make an argument that this is a pretty lightweight airplane. No, come on, fast, man. But, no. but, but, I mean, it's not like a beam of wood is going to stop it. Right, yeah. An Especially old beam of wood. Beach. An old yeah. beam of wood at that. <laughs> that it was probably rotten. And it looked cool. And it's funny because I said to Phantom as we're watching this, I said, oh, I know that plane's coming right around, Adam. I just knew it i hadn't seen yeah. the trailer or nothing to this it like was so obvious yeah but it was still done super well yes it's just that part really bothered me i mean i think you are right that it it, it was a little bit convenient for the filmmakers because they wanted to be able to introduce a character that otherwise wouldn't be in that place at that time you know, mm-hmm. like you said, it would it they would have to start to cut up the film at that point and and stretch time and have someone kind of show up. Well, see, um, they were making it for an action scene. You yeah, know what I yeah. mean? Like they could have had that plane crash, you know, half a mile away and then go run into it if you know they didn't know if it was a German plane or theirs. You know, that yeah. would make sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so it was for the action part of it, but it's a glaring mistake in a big budget film, I thought. Yes. That was my main gripe there. I got some nitpicks with some effects of jumping off cliffs and things like that that were kind of wonky done. But do you have anything that stood out to you, Phantom, that you didn't like or thought wasn't done too well? Well, in that scene particular, first, I want to say that I loved the acting in that scene. Like, if if something like that is going to happen, I'm pretty sure it's going to happen like that. And it was, I think it was very well done. The acting of the, of the aftermath mm-hmm. of the plane crashing. Now, that being said, you're in a war. Oh, what yeah. on I earth what would say. possess you not to shoot the enemy the second you see them? Because they are not going to be pitiful of you. They are not going to feel pity. They're going to go to kill you. And that's exactly what happens. They go after them and like, shoot him. But Mac is going to make the argument that they were young and they didn't want to kill anybody. Right, Mac? <laughs> I mean, it is, <laughs> no, it is I, a, a, a very bad thing because it's the right thing well, to do in the moment. It happens the twice, you know. Mm. And, and at first, it seems like the right thing to do the first time, you know. But then the second time, dude. Come on, just shoot him. Yes. Can you stick up for that, Mac? Oh, I actually am on your side. I remember in the movie just being like, don't try to help this guy. Because, I mean, they do come across the plane, realize it's a German and it's burning. And they they decide, see, for me, I'm like, I'm I'm shooting that guy. (laughs) But they, they decide to pull him out. And I was trying to remember if, you know, the craziest thing about war to me is sometimes the countries will set up like rules uh, between the each other, which is boggles my mind that they're like, let's kill each other in a civilized way. But I'm trying to remember <laughs> if they had something like this. Excellent where, point. Well, yeah, right. And I mean, they had different, different kind of things. And I, I was trying to remember if they had something like, you're not supposed to let someone burn to death type of thing. And, uh, and I, I wasn't, no, I, I, I need to find out, but yeah, I was, uh, I was with you guys. I was kind of surprised that that was there. No, I don't think so. I I, I think they just jumped to, to save someone because he was burning. I I don't think it's about a war rule. And that one didn't bother me as much as the second one though. I know. The The second second one is like, dude, you saw what happened. Just shoot him. Yeah. And they got the knives on the rifles too. Like you can just go right through them. Yeah. Like, you don't have to shoot them if you don't want to alert other people around because, you know, it's a war. You don't know who's around. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So there comes a time, I'm going to tap dance around this, when another battalion comes into play and they take them a little ways to get to the other side here to get that note to the general. And it was shocking to me because there was many troops there and the leader of that battalion didn't send any of his men (laughs) with them. And that didn't make sense to me. This is one guy, he told them what is going to happen, that this many people is going to die if he don't get this note to this general. And this corporal or whatever that leader was of that battalion doesn't send any men with them that bothered me yeah because it's an it's 
it's not just an important mission. It's a life or death mission oh, for yes. their side. So yes. why don't you just send one or two guys with him? I mean, this mission they has to be completed. They were doing nothing. They were doing nothing. These guys that were in this battalion were just sitting around. They didn't even seem engaged. Yeah. They were just going somewhere. So, Mac, <laughs> what do you say to that one? That was actually another point where I was uh, kind of on your side where I was like, man, if I was sitting in that group of people, I would be like, you're about to go do this. Let me come help because right now I'm just kind of sitting here. But, yeah, I, I wasn't sure about that either. Yeah, because the corporal or whoever he was came up to him. Oh, good luck. You got all these men. I mean, they got four trucks here with 10 right. people <laughs> in all the trucks. And right after that is when the Germans start attacking from the middle of nowhere. Mm -hmm. And it just seemed bizarre. Now, I was never in the military. I don't know if it could go by command that they couldn't leave their battalion with somebody else. But it doesn't make sense to me. No, because they are allies in any case. They are in right. this, on the same side with the same country. It's not even separate like French and English. No, they are all British. So... Why not? Now, were you surprised there wasn't many French people in this Phantom? Not really, no. We do get a good 10-minute interlude here between with a French the action. Girl. Yeah, with, with, a, with a French girl who, who is like pretty much the only woman that we actually see uh -huh. on screen. And it was so convenient that the baby needed milk and he had milk. <laughs> but <laughs> anyway. I mean, oh, man. I was okay with that. I was that 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 I didn't oh, I even laughed. think twice of that. I, I laughed out loud, Mac, when that happened. I'm like, oh my god, yeah, he just happened to fill up his thing with milk that was there because from the cow and uh, right. <laughs> all right, Mac, you got any thoughts with this? I know you're coming in high. I know you're loving this film. I am kind of loving this film, and and you know, I for me as a filmmaker, I I kind of first of all, I like to like movies. And so do second I. Of all, I don't like yeah. watching any movies I don't like anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I've watched too many bad movies in my life on purpose. So, <laughs> uh, but but I I do kind of you know I I do marvel because anytime a movie is is this good to me I just I it's so hard to make a film and even when you do put all the pieces together sometimes it just doesn't work. It's so hard to do that that I just I couldn't help but love this. And one thing I positive I wanted to say which I thought was cool was this was one of those movies that when you leave and you're told that the CGI was awesome or something like that and it wins an award for it, then you're like, what CGI? You know, because you really don't see that. But, of course, in your afterthought, they really did have some really incredible moments where they connect the, the shots together. And, mm -hmm. you know, like, the, like you're saying with the plane crash, that obviously had to be um, CGI, but it just looks spot on. It looks really awesome. And I will swear, Mac, there's a scene when he's in water and there's flower blossoms coming into the water. There was no yeah. wind. I was looking at the trees and just in the 4K format, it looked fake to me. Like it looked oh, hyper really? realistic. I would almost <laughs> bet money that that was CGI, but I could be wrong, but I don't think so. I have no idea. It looked real enough to me. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, like, I don't know right so phantom what do you got before we wrap this up and get our ratings out well i just thought it was hilarious that <laughs> for those of you who who have watched game of thrones that the guy that it, it ha he has a brother one of them turned out to be someone who is on, on game of thrones is a lannister and another one who's a, a stark and that was very funny because they were enemies and now they're not anymore but anyway and <laughs> I, <laughs> she is a game of thrones i am a geek I, I am a geek and i well i mean every time i see benedict cumberbatch in anything i love it because the guy is gold as mm. is andrew scott he's amazing okay so before we get to the ratings this was up for an academy award but it did not win were you upset mac do you think it deserved to win best movie yeah best I, movie right yeah, I was I in fact I was kind of uh, confident that it was going to get best picture especially when um Parasite won best uh foreign film and and then when it also took best picture I was like ah, I was excited that that they wanted to give a chance to have a foreign film win best picture but I was a little bummed that it, 1917 didn't get to have that 
that spot as best pitcher. So, well, but I was happy to see that it, the other awards that it did win. So, I'm gonna put Phantom on the spot here. She might not like this, but after it was over, she oh, was like, my. "Thank God this movie didn't win." <laughs> Sorry, Phantom. The thing is, as follows: there were brilliant things in this film. You know, the one scene that comes to mind that I think was my very favorite one is one that happens at night and a church is, is being set on fire or something. There are buildings destroyed and, and this guy is walking through these places and you can see the light, you know, and, and the dark. And the, that scene, I, th- I, I think, was probably the best one of the movie. It's so beautiful. I got a better one, but we got to get into 4K. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, that scene was beautiful. But at the same time, this movie, as a war movie and as a drama movie, doesn't even touch the heels of Saving Private Ryan and the likes. It was just predictable. Not entirely, but I thought it was very predictable. I knew exactly the way it would finish five minutes before the movie because it was obvious, you know, the tree thing. And yes, I mean, the acting is great and everything, but it goes a good half of the movie before I cared about anyone. All right. Well, lead into the rating and recommendation while you're babbling. I think this is a great movie. I do not think it's a fantastic movie, and I can see why it didn't win best movie of the <laughs> year. I'm sorry. I'm coming in with an eight, definitely. Okay. And a high-priority rental. Oh, I am almost right with you, Phantom, and we usually aren't alike, Mac, and uh, listeners <laughs> out there know, especially on different movies other than horror, pretty much. I'm 7.5, and I know we haven't do. Oh, you're doing a point five. Yes, we haven't been doing point fives because of Letterbox, because yeah. you can't do them. By the way, Bill Shetty on Letterbox and Lady Phantom on Letterbox. <laughs> Shameless plug. Yes, we review other movies on there, so follow us there, but... It was better than a seven, and it didn't hit that eight. I don't think it's a phenomenal film. I think it is in many aspects, but many not, too. So 7.5, but rental. I think this is not a movie that you're going to watch too much, especially if you like war movies. I'm not a big war fan myself, but there's many war movies. Personally, I think are done way better and are masterpieces. Yeah. But this is an accomplishment. I don't want to let you down out there, fans. This is a good movie, solid 7.5. So, and I, I would have given it a 7.5, but since Letterboxd, yeah, I'm but, not doing that, but 7 seemed too low. But I couldn't hit an 8. Yeah, I couldn't hit an 8, though, like you, <laughs> Phantom. So I just had to do a So what are five. you going to do on Letterboxd? I don't know. We'll no, have okay. to figure that out later. <laughs> All right, Mac, rating and recommendation. Oh, well, there's a reason I picked this one. So you guys can kind of anticipate me yes. coming in really high. Um, I almost, I mean, if you guys were doing points, I would almost do a 9.8, but I'm going to round <laughs> mine up to a 10. Um, there is something I love about this film. I, I mean, I just. I understand that. I do understand yeah. why you love this film. I understand why people really enjoy Especially this film. Especially as a filmmaker, because yes. it takes craft oh, to yes. do what they did to make it look like it was in How one take. How long did it take them to make this movie? Do you know, Mac? I mean, I could see this taking them years to make this yes, movie. Yes, yes. And what was crazy is is they did like six months of rehearsing. Rehearsals. Oh, okay. Just before they even started filming. Right, uh, because they had to time and they had to build the sets out depending on what what each shot was going to be. So each shot ended up being about five to eight minutes long, and then stitch everything together. And so depending on where people are walking and everything like that. So I mean, it's it was so much work, and and everything you see in that movie is that they built that, which is pretty incredible. Yes, it is. And I understand where you're coming from. And this is a definite buy for you. You're coming yes, in with a 10. Well, You'll and, have this forever. I was just right? about to say, I, this is something I, I am excited to show my kids once they're old enough, you know. And you could almost play this and then something like Christopher Nolan's Dunkirk right after it. And, and you could have a whole World War One and Two, <laughs> you know, Ooh. history lesson for your kids. But, yeah, for me, this is something that I just I just want to own and, and remember forever. That's awesome. And most of the time when I'm so different from somebody, I 
it's kind of hard to understand why, but I do understand this. Oh, absolutely. This is an incredible film in a lot of ways. Yes. And it's just kind of boring, Phantom. <laughs> I so mean, it's, it's, I, I, I don't think that's the right word. I think but it it's had boring kind of, times. Yeah, it. it's kind of predictable. And, and <laughs> no, I mean, I'd rather watch. I mean, I do. I want to make very clear that just as much as Bill hates war movies or in general doesn't like them. them. Uh-huh, or in general, let's just say <laughs> he doesn't like them. I three that are way better than this. Okay. I love them. <laughs> I love war movies. To me, and 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 it just didn't garner. In I don't know. It's you know yeah. what I, I we gotta end this and get to our good stuff, the grading of the disc. But I wanted more war in this. This is a war movie, and like you said, you got drama higher. There's not much action in this actual war action. So I was a little surprised by that because all the scenes, like Max said, some of the manglements of the arms and legs that they were walking by that you see is all done really well. I will tell you what I think. And it just came to me right now. My specific, not problem, but thing with this movie is that it's a very incredibly well-crafted movie. But the soul of the movie, the essence of the movie just wasn't there for me. Good point. Let's move on. All right, the 4K Blu-ray disc rating video effects. I'm going to start first, Phantom, just on one scene while I remember. When the main lead guy goes down to get his assignment, they go down into a bunker that's candle lit. Yeah. Oh, my God. The blacks were so deep and rich, and their faces were so popping out of the screen. It was an amazing scene like i was blown away i was like oh my god is this whole movie's like this this could be the best disc i've seen so far <laughs> but you know and i'm gonna be a little critical here but i am coming in super high on this disc but this isn't a movie that's gonna pop because it's so dark and bleak so there's not much contrasting, but the level of detail in this video yes. effects is unstoppable. It's unbelievable. It's just a color palette. It's it's completely neutral. Yep. Grays, blacks, browns, blues. lots yeah, of browns. browns. Uh, Deep greens, colors. but not but not bright green, more like like soldier uniform yeah, army green. Ready. <laughs> yeah, yeah, army green, that's it. Um uh, yeah. I mean of course, no, the the detail and that scene that I mentioned in that church thing with the lights and the darks i was amazed at how beautiful it looked especially oh, on 4k yeah. because the darks were completely dark and the brights were in that scene it was so bright at the same time yes. it was beautiful and the ending montage scene when he's going to get past all the soldiers when they're going to start war and he's running and it's all the explosions and things yeah. that was a well done yes scene and oh my god any fire scene pops with 4K. Yes. If it's done right. And this was done so right. So video effects, Mac. Oh, gosh. Um, well, one thing I looked up recently, because I've you know, i been diving into doing 4K. And, and at work, I've been able to have the advantage of doing 4K. And even something just as recent as Mad Max Fury Road, I mean, it feels very recent, was shot in 2k and finalized in in 2k and so if you ever if we ever do get a 4k like you said it'll be an upscale right but um this was shot on you know the nicest cameras that we have right Mm -hmm. now it was technically 4.5k and then the the remastered version is in 4k so this this to me i mean it it's true 4k it looks awesome i mean this is the look uh, is just as, as good as we can possibly get right now. So it's just amazing that yes, way. Yes, the clarity and detail is off the charts in this. I mean, there's yeah. no criticizing that. But when you're talking 4K with the HDR, with the contrasting effects, you get the scenes like me and Phantom stated, but there's not much of it, which you really don't want in this film anyway. No, it, it would be out of place. Yeah, they're out in the middle of nowhere with just dirt and... Old buildings yeah. and and also I and I want to you know it's not in the daytime most of the time yeah and also I want to mention a scene 
towards the end of the movie where you can see a lot of wounded soldiers. The 4K does you the favor to see every single wound in all its glory. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, ouch. Yes. But that scene I was talking about, when he goes down there, I was like, wow, because that's in the first 10 minutes of the movie. Right. Yeah, yeah, it goes completely dark. It's oh, amazing. Oh, my God. The richness of blacks. That might have been the richness I've ever seen in a movie right there. How they lit that and that just popped. Their faces when that general's talking to him. It was unbelievable. All right. Audio is an Atmos track, Phantom. It what is. do you think? I like it, but not completely. Now, I'm with you. I, I mean, was shocked that this didn't have way more sound, but there wasn't much war. And the low frequency wasn't that big. Like, this was not rumbling. There was some scenes. Yes, There's there a jump were some scene scenes. with a rat. <laughs> oh, and that, that rat was terrible. I, I do want to mention that rat. It was, I was rat. like, what a nice CGI big rat. I didn't like it. But... Yeah, I was expecting way more sound. I was expecting sound from everywhere, and I just didn't get it. Two scenes I picked out. Mm-hmm. The planes overhead mm-hmm. early on, that was nice. And then on that one explosion scene when the rocks were tumbling down, like it felt like it was coming on us in yeah. here. Yeah, but I was expecting something like that throughout the movie. And I think it was also, I don't know, I, I don't want to say a missed opportunity, but the music in this movie is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like the mu- all the music is it so, fits. yes, it's beautiful. It's like, it shows you the mood of every second. There are moments when the music tells you that the tension is, is going up and up and up and then nothing happens and you're like, oh, wait, what? <laughs> you know, but yeah, I, I needed the Atmos to to be more of service than it actually was. I just think there wasn't that many war scenes, Phantom, and there just wasn't <laughs> what you're thinking of in war when you're hearing gunshots all around you and things are ricocheting. It just didn't happen much mm-hmm. in this movie except a couple specific scenes for like five minutes. What do you got for the audio, Mac? I'm, a, I'm an audio guy too. I mean, when I was started in the film industry, that's what I was actually doing. I was, oh, like, cool. I was the guy who was holding the boom mic above people's heads. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. My so, brother's done that too on films. So. Yeah, it's it's actually one of the funnest positions if, you know, I mean, obviously you want to you wanna direct the film if you can direct the film. But what's fun about being uh, the sound guys is uh, the actors will have their mics on. And so they'll go stand in the corner and sometimes they'll be cussing out the the other actors or the director and you can hear it all in your headphones right? because <laughs> they don't turn their mic off. <laughs> but yeah, for me, I do love this soundtrack as well. And and uh, that that music does march you all the way through to the end. It does. And I think that is why is because, you know, like you were saying, it, it takes time to walk from here to here. And because of the nature of that, that in this film, they they give you that music to kind of keep you building the anticipation. And, and for me, I just loved the music. And to break your heart in a million pieces in the process. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. beautiful. It's beautiful yes. music. It's, <laughs> it's, it, but I was disappointed like the yes. Phantom. You, you wanted more from that Atmos track and yep. it wasn't there. Yep. But it sounded clear. The dialogue came across center beautiful the music all around nice and when there was action it did work it felt like you were there yeah but the lows i was shocked because i told the phantom mac i said we might have to tamp this one down because when you get a lot of explosions and stuff like Mm -hmm. it shakes the whole house it didn't (laughs) yeah it didn't i was surprised i was like man we're gonna have to keep fiddling with this so we don't wake up the neighbors but no i I was actually disappointed with the bass specifically Mm -hmm. and some overheads but yeah and uh, also i want to say something you mentioned about the dialogue yeah i mean the girl the french girl that that was there oh it was brilliant the dialogue yeah and she was speaking so softly and i could understand everything she was saying and i was surprised because i was like oh i I understand her (laughs) and as a sound guy mac you know how important that is when a lot's going on that that center channel you can hear that clear dialogue and yes. here it was mixed perfect that part of it yes. no part did you have to stop or what did he say or what did he do like nothing was low whispering you heard it really clear all right what special features we got on that 4k disc 
Well, before reading a few of them that are here on the box, I would like to say that they are on the 4K That's disc. That's a positive. Yes. They are in 4K, listeners out there. Exactly. Basically, we have The Weight of the World, Sam Mendes, Allied Forces, Making 1917, The Score of 1917, and more. And we have two commentary tracks. Yes. One by the director, and I forget who the other one was by. Did you see any of the special features, Mac? Yeah, I've watched some of the behind the scenes specifically of like the camera work and everything like that, but I, I, I still want to watch those over again. I haven't gotten into them as much as I want, but that's, that is another reason why people should consider buying something is because you do get those special features. Yes. And those are fun to watch. Yes. Yes, I agree. It's and a, in it's 4K a, in this yeah, case. Yes, so that's a big positive because that's like one out of 10 that's in 4K. Might not even yeah. be that much. <laughs> Usually they're on the Blu-ray disc. Mm-hmm. So, all right, this is the fun time, the grade of the disc. You want me to go first, Phantom? Yes, please. It's an A-. minus. <laughs> I mean, I can't hit an A-plus because of the sound, certain things with the sound. And it's not a film that makes the whole movie pop but I'm not criticizing the disc for that. I'm just ticking it down a couple. An A and an A plus to me is the best you can get, and this is just one notch below, but this looks incredible. Don't take my words wrong, listeners out there. This disc, if you want the movie, you gotta get this in 4K. This is so far worthy, it's not even funny. All right, Lady (laughs) Phantom. Yeah, basically what you said. Definitely. Like, I would have loved to give this movie an A+. Plus so or would something. I. But no, I can only go with an A-. minus, oh. clo- Closer to a B+, plus, actually. But Which let's say, it? But let's say A-, minus, A-. Minus. Okay. Because, I mean, there's... I mean, this <laughs> There's movie, no flaws. There's, there's no, no grain, flaws. people. This is crystal clear from second one to the two-hour mark. Yes. There is absolutely no flaw with this movie, but... It doesn't pop. There are no colors or anything uh-huh. that, that pops. There are very few scenes that pop. And the Atmos left me wanting more. Yes. And I'll say this. This is a good way to put it to you out there. This is not a reference disc. As good as it is, this is not a disc I'd pop in to show somebody to show what 4K can do in all the facets, mm-hmm. meaning video and audio. Yeah, because there's some of these movies that got a lot of color that just pop all the way through. And this movie wouldn't be one of them. No, but it is a great movie to show, though. I would say that, but it's not not as a reference. Yeah. All right, Mac, what do you got on that grade? I'm going to give it an A plus. Um, I will have to. Oh, I'm shocked. (laughs) (laughs) Not. (laughs) But I I will admit that um, that my, my sound system is not where I want it to be. And um, you I do have, have Atmos, to... correct? No, no. Oh, you I... don't have Atmos? Okay. You're listening 5.1? Yeah. Okay. So, and, and the other problem is we usually have to really crank it down because neighbors. <laughs> I've got, I've got, ba- no, I've got uh, a baby, a two year old, oh. and a five year old. So I've, wow. we, you know, Congrats and if, on if they that. hear, yeah, <laughs> if they hear anything, they will come wandering out to see what we're watching. So, especially during a movie like this where we're, you know, walking past dead bodies right yeah you don't so this is babysitter night then you can put in yeah (laughs) yeah and you can crank it that's right (laughs) all right so definitely worthy a plus it's definitely worthy but see we're at rental phantom and i'm gonna stick with that i think you should rent this movie if you are any sort of like me or phantom i'm telling you i think you should rent it before you buy it personally yeah but if you do only get to 4K, 4K, please. I mean, this thing is so worthy. (laughs) Yes. All right, Mac, that was fun. I had a blast with you. You were awesome, Mac. Oh, thank you so much. (laughs) So where can people find you, Mac? Where can people get a hold of you? Do you have any websites, social links? Let them all know. What really helped me right now is if people are um, IMDb users, I am on IMDb, uh, Mac Robbins, it usually comes up as the director of Unseen or the director of Just a Duck. Mm-hmm. And if they go to YouTube and, and search my name, you have to spell it correctly. So it's Mac like the truck, not the burger. And it's Robbins <laughs> with one B. Like it Robin sounds Hood like you've said that a lot for some yeah. reason. <laughs> <laughs> so if they look me up on YouTube too, you'll see my short film and, 
a couple of my short films there. And so if, if people are willing to give a rating on IMDb, that, that helps me out. So awesome. Um, yeah. So Thank do you. you want to say your Twitter name? It's just at Robbins Mac. So last name and then first name. All right, Mac. Dude, I got to get you back. Willing to come back on one of our picks sometime? I would love that, yes. Thank you so much. So, Phantom, any final words? No, just as usual, please visit us at BillShetty.com. Leave a comment in the guest book. You know, we are in all the usual places, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, etc., etc., etc. I'm on Twitter, at LadyPhantom74. From Bill Shetty and Lady Phantom, we're going to see you next week on episode 11. We are out.